Good morning. So this Sunday, uh, and I, I kind of started this a little bit the last time I preached before last Sunday, because last Sunday was special, because it was the day before Valentine's, and I, I did that thing on what was last Sunday's message about? Being a friend. Not just being friendly, but being a church where people can come in and make friends. Because we all need that, right? All of us. And a, a big part of being a disciple is just that. It's getting to know each other. And, and listen, I'll be the first one to say, I don't like people getting into my business. It's just how it is. June, you, I know you don't like people getting in your business. That's right. But... As believers, as Christians, we need to be transparent with the world. We need them to see that, that we're real, we're genuine, and that we have problems too. Hello? Am I the only one? Anybody else have problems? Wait a minute. Are you Christian? And you still have problems? Oh, isn't that amazing? You see, the world's gotten this idea that the church thinks once you're born again, everything's fine. But how many know that's not truth? When you read your Bible, when you open up the pages of this wonderful book, what do you see in there? Man, the people have issues. Over and over and over. And as disciples... We need to know how to properly face these things. All right? There is a good way and a bad way. Like when you get ticked off, you're driving behind me, you're, you're late for work, right? And I'm doing 10 miles under the speed limit. There's a right way and a wrong way to deal with that. The wrong way, we won't mention it. Yeah, 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 you're number one with the, the wrong digit. The right way, the right way is to what? You know what I've learned to do? And, and it works. If I get behind somebody, I'm in a hurry. I get behind somebody, one of you slow pokes. I'm thankful it's not usually one of you. But after I get past that first thought, <laughs> whatever that looks like, I pray for him. Lord, bless, bless him. That's not easy to do, but you know what happens when you do that? All of a sudden, you, you're not thinking about being late or them driving slow or you being in a hurry. And I actually, usually, I, I ask the Lord, Lord, are you, are you trying to show me it again? How to be patient? Ah, oh, quit it. I do not like being patient. Nobody likes being patient, but that has nothing to do with today's message. I want to talk about pain. And it, it's going to be an ongoing thing. Uh, because pain's ongoing, but no, it's, the, the message is going to be a, a few weeks. 
uh, as the Lord develops it. I've already got a couple of them together. But pain is something that every one of us goes through. And I put up here, no pain, no gain. You've all heard that, right? And obviously, it's talking more about being a weightlifter or an exercise person. And as you exercise, if, if you push your muscles past that feels-good point, and you actually hurt a little bit, well, what's happening is you're breaking that tissue down, and it will grow back stronger. And that's the idea behind no pain, no gain. Just a simplistic way to look at it. What about the pain you and I feel in our hearts? What about when your husband comes home after 35 years and says, we're done? What do you do with that kind of pain? No, you can't shoot them. <laughs> Again, that's the first thought. <laughs> but we're going to look at what it means to be a Christian and to go through pain. And I wanted to go back to the original thing here. I, I wanted to look at why did God allow pain? It's like, why did he allow mosquitoes? Why couldn't they have been deceased during the flood? Why'd they have to be on the ark? Right? Or flies. Oh. You ever gone into the UP? Somewhere around June, July, and, and them things will carry you off. It's horrible. Oh, they hurt. Oh, oh. When, I, when I'm fishing in the summer, and again, I don't mean to go on so many rabbit trails, but they always go for my ankles. It's like, how do you get down? They, it's like they know I can't reach down there fast enough because they're way down there. And I finally, I, I, I bought one of those uh, that looks like a tennis racket. It's got batteries in it. It's a little fly swatter-like thing, but it electrocutes them. And I love it because when I hit them, Usually, they end up going in the water, and then I see the fish come up, boop, you know. It's awesome. You kill two birds with one stone. I'm chumming, and I'm, anyhow. How many remember the story of creation? That's where God, he made everything, right? But he made us, humans, in his image. That's pretty cool. That's the kind of God you and I serve. And back in Genesis 1, after looking over everything that the Lord had made, and, and I don't want to go on that rabbit trail today. He said this. It is very good. How many know, whatever God's made, it's never inferior. Hello? It is never inferior. God's work is never inferior. If God said it's very good, then it's very good. But then something happens, and this is where I was going today. In chapter 3, chapter 3, I think I put that up there. Genesis chapter 3, 
We read about the first couple, Eve and Adam. And, and then there was this reptilian thing there, the serpent. Now, Adam and Eve in their perfected form as the, the first couple, up to this point, everything was going well because it was all very good. Can you say that with me? Very good. And then the serpent tempted Eve. What happened? She chose to disobey. God had warned not Eve, but Adam. And he said, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything else is yours. Everything else is yours. But that one tree, leave that one alone. Eve made the decision to take a bite. And everything went from very good to very bad with one bite from that fruit. One bite. And guess what happened? All of a sudden, they realized we're naked. I mean, imagine you're, you're communing with God on a daily basis. Everything is very good. You can do anything you want. And then all of a sudden, you realize, what happened? Hey, you're not, hey, babe, you're not wearing anything. I mean, I would have figured that out a long time ago, but. What else? They felt shame. For the first time, they felt ashamed of who they were. God made them very good. And all of a sudden, they feel this feeling that they'd never felt before. They felt ashamed of who they were. And then this is a tragic part. Then they felt distanced from God. The worst part of the whole thing. Here they had this relationship back and forth with their loving Heavenly Father, and all of a sudden they realize, hey, there's, there's a wall, there's a, there's a gap between us now. And they felt it in their spirit. They knew something had happened other than they just ate from that piece of fruit. What changed? God didn't change. They changed. They changed. They sinned against the Lord when they listened to another voice. That was their sin. They listened to a voice other than God's voice. It's still true today, folks. This same thing is still happening today. The devil's here to tempt you, and he does a great job of it. And God's on the other side saying, don't listen to him. Listen to me. Focus. Huh? Right? Isn't that what the Holy Spirit does? So first, the woman listened to the serpent's voice. Do you realize that everything that the serpent said to her was truth? I wanted to just read this real quick. Uh, this is found in Genesis 1, and hopefully I've got this open there. I try to do this just so that it doesn't take me forever to crunch through the pages. 
Three ones. Who's that looking at? Yeah, everything you said. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Did God say that? Yeah. But he didn't say, I'm going to get to this in a minute. He didn't say it to Eve. He said it to Adam. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replies. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. So apparently Adam must have said something to her. And God said, you must not eat it or even touch it, because if you do, you will. Lights out. Number four, or verse 4. You won't die, the servant replied to the woman. Now, they're in the garden. What does that mean? They can eat from what? The tree of life, which keeps them alive forever. Thank you. That tree is going to be, again, is going to be in heaven when we get there. But here, Adam and Eve are living forever. This is an important thing because you're going to see why in just a minute. So what did uh, the, the serpent say? He said, you're going to live, you won't die. So, and they wouldn't die were it not for God's intervention. Then he said, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Is that truth? Yes. As soon as they ate from that piece of fruit, what happened? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Chango. Something's wrong here. What'd you do with the leaves? Right? Before that, it was no big deal. Now, all of a sudden, they know the difference. So everything that the devil said to them was truth. And here's where I'm going with this. The devil didn't lie to Eve. He just spun the truth to fit his desired outcome. We can learn from this. Even the right voices telling the truth can give us the wrong message. And that's why all of us must be careful whose voice we listen to and what we do with what we hear. Right? Does it line up with the Bible? Does it contradict the Bible, what, what the Lord tells us to do, or the opposite? Do we feel a check in our spirit? You know what I mean by that? You know when something's wrong. You know, and, and I like saying it's in my gut. I, I feel a nudge. There's, there's just something that, that kind of alerts you that things aren't all right. Things aren't all good right now. That's the Holy Spirit, folks. Another great thing to ask is what are the other emphasis on godly people saying? You know, don't, don't go down to the local pub and ask the folks in there after their, their fourth Jack Daniels, what do you think? Yeah, that's great wisdom, brother. <laughs> and I don't mean to pick on people that drink. I'm just saying. That's not the kind of voice you want to hear when you're going through something and you need to hear the right voice. 
That's why Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. Remember he told the, his, his uh, apostles, he said, now go and wait. And then you'll be empowered with the Holy Spirit. You will be endued with power. And in John 14, he said this. If you love me, say it. Obey my commandments. Why do we struggle with that? We know what Jesus said, yet we walk out of here and we do the very stupid things that you know Jesus said not to do. We hate we get jealous about people, envy. We commit lust with our eyes. Why? When we know Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another advocate. And this, this word can be translated a whole bunch of different ways. But counselor, helper, he's there for you. And he will never leave you, Jesus said. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into some truth. Thank you for that correction. He leads you into all truth. You're wondering what you're supposed to do, then get on your face, start praying, and ask the Holy Spirit, show me. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him you must be born again but if you're born again this is what jesus said i will send the holy spirit to be with you for all time but you know him he said because he lives with you now and later will be in you and of course this is before the cross the Holy Spirit didn't fill them until after the cross. Until Jesus died. Was put in the grave and then rose from the dead. And then the Holy Spirit came and filled them. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is here to help us, not to hurt us. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He lives in us and we know his voice. Or at least we should. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We should know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if we do, he will guide us into all truth. Now, back to Genesis. Eve chose to listen to who? Satan or the serpent, rather than God. And this, the result was disastrous. Not just for them, but for all of us. Because we are heirs. Adam and Eve were the first couple. From them came all of us. If, if you truly believe the Bible, and I believe the Bible in its entirety, I believe that's exactly what happened. Second, the man listened to his wife rather than God. Now, men, please, don't get this wrong. I'm not telling you not to listen to your wife. You need her. God made woman to be the helpmate to man. We need our wives. They're our balance <laughs> in so many ways. And if you're not married, maybe that's a God thing. Maybe the Lord's telling you to stay single. But it's just so, there's something about being married that it's just cool. 
You know, that person becomes like you. And I don't think my wife's in here, so I can't pick on her. But anyway, we, we finish each other's, sometimes we start each other's sentences. We, we've been married almost 46 years, and I'm like, how can that be? I'm only 50. but I don't know what I would do without her. She's the first one besides God that I go to when anything is troubling me. That's how God put us together. He knit us together. Notice what the man did in Genesis 3.17. I've got this up behind me. Oops, you already had it up. Who did that? And to the man he said, since you listened to your wife, ooh, and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, ah, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. That's painful. How many have ever tried to dig a garden in a rock bed? Hey, just try right here. Right here on this property, it, it's full of rocks. I, I, they call it gravel, but anyway, whatever. So when we put the posts in out and back for our living nativity this last fall or summer, we rented one of those electric jackhammers, and it broke it. I had to go back, and they, the, the company donated it to us. I had to go back and say, I'm so sorry, we broke your rubber. I offered to pay for it, but they were very kind. Smith Rental, I highly recommend them just because they're so, so kind to us. But that ground out there, man, all your life you're going to struggle to scratch a living. And that's what it's like. It's a great reminder. Hallelujah. Sorry, I lost my place. We know that Eve wasn't even created when God told Adam about this. In verse, uh, chapter, 16, chapter 2, verses 16 to 18. We see it there. I'm not going to go there right now. You can look that up. But It was Adam's responsibility to tell Eve, and he must have said something to her because she knew the story. But because of this, the ground is cursed. And all of us today, thanks to them, have to scratch to make a living. All your life, you scratching, scratching, scratching. Everything was very good prior to this moment, prior to chapter 3 in Genesis. Everything was very good, but now it had become tainted. A lesser version of the original. However, the good news, God still loved his children. Even though they had sinned, he still loved them. So much so that he removed them from the garden so that they would no longer live forever. Now, you might be thinking, well, how is that a good thing? Well, now they were sinners. And if God had allowed them to live forever, they would have been forever in their sin but because God did this 
It changed everything. They were booted out of the garden, so to speak. Genesis 3, 22 to 24. Let me, let me read that real quick, if I can find it. Notice that I brought my, uh, my Bible today, the one that my wife confiscated right after I got it. This is large print. This is awesome. The Lord said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord banished them from the Garden of Eden and sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden. And he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So we see that God did this not out of an act of judgment or anger. He did it out of an act of mercy. That's important to understand. Something else began when the couple ate from the fruit. And I'm not going to say that God didn't feel this prior, but I don't know why he would have. They began to feel pain, and God did too. In verse 16, oh, I had that up there? Sorry. The Lord said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. If you've had a baby, you you understand that this is truth. When you look at the animal kingdom, and I, I looked this up, and and because I, I was thinking about it, I thought, well. I don't remember other animals experiencing this. Normally, animals don't have pain when they deliver. I'm not going to say things don't go wrong. And sometimes a, a horse will do a little <laughs> during childbirth. But it's, it's not like this. Only the human. Moms, I'm sorry. Sorry that you have to feel that pain. That's what labor is like. Labor during childbirth. And I know all you women would say amen if you've had babies. Not only would the woman give birth in pain, but she would also be subjected to her husband's rule. Now realize that they were created as equals when they were in the garden. Right? But after the sin, this struggle with power, with who's, who's going to run the place, that's when it began. It was all good before that. Doggone it. Can you imagine not having that struggle in your house if you're married? Man, would there be peace? 
And I'm not saying, like in my house, we hardly ever struggle with stuff like this. Every now and then, I'm not going to say it doesn't ever happen. Every now and then, we have our issues. Pastor Roger, Mary, do you guys ever have struggles? Intense fellowship, yes. I know what she's going to say. Let's get back to that original question today. Why pain? Why do we experience pain? In the, in the Garden of Eden which is very good, pain did not exist. But after the first couple sinned, pain became the norm. No pun intended. God did not invent pain for man to suffer. Pain became a reality. And one, one of the older books, one of the older commentaries called Adam and Eve Dirtlings, because he was created out of the dust. And I thought, I like that. We're dirtlings. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, hey, dirtling. Pain came because the dirtlings, Adam and Eve, their, their eyes were open to the knowledge of good and evil. And they, if you can put it another way, they brought the pain upon themselves. Something else that I started to point out prematurely is God started to feel pain, or at least this is where we recognize that he felt that, that distance between he and his children. And if we <clears throat> jump up to chapter 6, whoops. Did you do that? Ugh. I'm going to read it. Genesis 6, 5 and 6. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Could this be modern, today's tense, present tense? Could it be? So the Lord, verse 6, was sorry. He regretted that he had ever made them and put them on the earth. And the last part of this says, it broke his heart. When we separated from the Lord through sin, it broke his heart. He can't stand it when he sees us in pain due to our sinfulness. It breaks God's heart. When Adam and Eve sinned, God experienced that heartbreak because he knew things weren't going to be like they were. Hear this. Like God, and, and this, is, this is my opinion here. Like God, I believe you moms, more so than usually with dads, but you moms, because you've given birth to that child, whether son or daughter, when they do things wrong, when they sin, it breaks your heart. You want to take their pain, don't you? Most of you would take their pain if you could so that they don't have to go through it, but of course that doesn't work, does it? But you do feel their pain. And you suffer right along with your kids. 
just hoping and praying that someday they will be delivered from whatever that experience is. I saw that and I thought, wow. Moms, you're awesome. Because men don't feel like that. They're like, yeah, they'll get over it. Right? I mean, most of us. I'm not going to say we don't feel anything, but but that's how God feels toward his children. He loves us that much, and it breaks his heart to see us living in sin. Enter Jesus. Jesus took our pain and our suffering on him. Just read Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Jesus made a way where there was no other way. God's original plan in the garden was perfection, where there was no pain or suffering. But because man, the dirtlings, chose to disobey, oh, thank you, and listened to the wrong voice, pain became the norm. Good news. Everybody say good news. The time is coming when we will experience what the garden was like for Adam and Eve. Or something very similar. In Revelation 21, we read this. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Oh. How many can say amen? Are you ready for that day? Listen to this last part, verse 4. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow, or crying, or what? Ah. All these things will be gone forever. Man. If that isn't good news, I don't know what is. So are we doomed to a life of pain and suffering? Not necessarily. Mother, sadly, you're going to experience this if you have babies. However, Jesus came to make things right. He took all of our pain, all of our sin, all of our struggles upon himself. And not so that we don't have to, but he made atonement for them so we don't have to pay the price for them. But we still experience pain, hurt, suffering, in different situations and circumstance. But by choosing right, and this is where I'm going with today's message, you and I can at least minimize the pain that we must endure. If you knew that every time you touched the stove, it would hurt, nobody in their right mind is going to keep going back unless you're dumber than a box of rocks. Right? I've never seen anybody intentionally do it twice. Ever. Like Adam and Eve, you and I still get to choose which voice we're going to listen to. The voice of God or the voice of the evil one. As a disciple, if you want to minimize pain, What we need to do is, and I'm going to share these three things with you. Alan Hurst said this in the book, 
uh, uh, the, the starfish in the spirit. He gave us three steps to help those who are Christ's disciples to live a victorious life as a disciple of Jesus. Now, how many are disciples? Meaning you follow Jesus, all right? You are a student of the word, right? That's what it means, basically. So number one, here it is. And I'm going to explain this attunement here in just a minute, but as a process of discipleship, if you want to help avoid most of the pain, number one, mm-hmm, imitate Christ. Everybody say that with me. Imitate Christ. How simple is that? Who said that? Don, you admitted it. It's not easy. Because we're, we're still in these dirt suits. Because we're dirtlings, right? I don't know why I like that so much. These bodies are temporary. They're, they're a part of the fall. Eventually, we're going to get a glorified body, which isn't going to have anything to do with what happened in the past. But right now, we're still stuck in these. We, we, can't, we can't leave these on our own, right? So we're dirtlings. To imitate Christ, our Master, our Savior, the lover of our souls, is not easy. But it is possible. And we need to do everything in our power to try to do that. That's number one. Number two, similar to the first. Conform to the master. Do what he said to do. Hello? Every day you should look a little more like him. Where do you find out what he looks like? Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The book of Acts, you'll learn a lot about what Jesus looked like, how to conform to him. The final one, did I put that up there? Ever-increasing transformation into his likeness. They're all three pretty much the same, except this last part. And I just wanted to point this out. You can't do this part. First two are your responsibility. You need to pattern your life after Jesus. You need to look like him. The last one, though, only comes by way of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that's going to transform you, to metamorphose you into his image. Now, I love this part, attunement. And Pastor Roger, you're going to like this. I don't think I've shared this, have I? All right. Process of discipleship. So what Hearst said was this. He said, these three steps help us to get into attunement with heaven. Now, do you know what attunement is? When you have two guitars that are tuned exactly the same, if you strum one of them, the other one will play itself pretty much. It'll vibrate in the same pitch or tone as the, the, the one you're strumming. When we do these things, imitate Christ, conform to his commands, ever-increasing transformation into his likeness by way of the Holy Spirit, we begin to be tuned to him. We're attuned to the Holy Spirit. 
So when God plays us, what are we playing? We're playing his song. We sound like him. We look like him. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, I'm not, what I'm not saying here is it's going to eliminate pain. You do these things, it's, no. You're still going to, we're going to look at some other things next week. We're going to get into suffering and things like that because there's a difference between self-inflicted pain and inflicted pain. Self-inflicted, no, that's not right. Coming at, we bring it on ourselves like Adam and Eve. But sometimes the pain, you don't have any control over it. It comes from others. We're going to get into that more the week, next week and the week after. But this week, I just wanted you to kind of understand this attunement, that when you begin to look like Jesus, which is our goal as a disciple, everything changes. Everything. Your life is then guided by this book. All of the promises are Yes and amen for you because you look like Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is in your life transforming you from the inside out. And that's a safe place to be, folks. There's so much. In the scriptures, and I'm going to share this and then I'll close. Sarah, you want to make your way up here. In Psalm 1, the psalmist talked about this a little bit. He said this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. If I can, who don't listen to the voice of the devil. Right? Or stand around with sinners. He's not saying don't hang out with sinners. Because if that were true, then the salt and light would be useless. We need to be around sinners. They need what we have. But you shouldn't be doing what they're doing. (laughs) Separate that, okay? Or join with mockers. Ah. Let me tell you what. Christians that badmouth other Christians in the world, I would not want to be in their shoes when they're standing in front of Jesus trying to give an account for that one. When you're crushing people's spirit because of the stupid stuff coming out of your mouth, when you know it's not from the Lord, it's the flesh, oh, I would not want to be that person on Judgment Day. But verse 2, They delight in the law of the Lord. What is that? Where do we find the law? Come on. (laughs) It's right here. Whatever version you like to read, God's provided it. I don't know how many versions there are today. Hundreds. King James, NIV, NLT, ESV, RSV, Amplified. You, You name it. You've got a choice. Find one and read it. They delight in the law. They meditated on it on a daily basis, day and night. 
Man, we should get up in the morning reading it. We should go to bed at night reading it. They're like trees planted along the riverbank. I love this part. Bearing fruit each season. You see the trees that are planted along the riverbank? It doesn't matter what all the weather patterns are around them, right? There could be drought going on right next to them. As long as those trees are planted. I'm sorry, I'm spitting on you down there. I'll back up. All those trees still are getting nutrients because their roots are in and under the river. We are in the river of life. He flows out of us like rivers of living waters. You can't go, what's the word? You can't dry up, you can't be in a drought if you're a Christian because your roots are planted in Jesus, the river of life. So these trees that don't listen to the voice of wickedness, but listen to God's voice, meditating on his words daily, they are bearing fruit all season. Not just in springtime, not just in the fall, all season. That's what God expects from you and me. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. I like that last part. I want to prosper. I want to prosper in all that I do. Last part. Not the wicked, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. Verse 6, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly. But the path of wick, the wicked leads to destruction. I want you to be in attunement with the Lord. I want you to hum. When somebody strums you, I want you to hum the melodies of heaven. Because you're in tune with your Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've struggled with pain. Would you stand with me? Maybe you've, you've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Your life has been nothing but a life of pain. And I know some of you would say, you know what? If I had another name, it would be Job. And I might get into that book a little bit at some point. But for, for right now, I, I just want you to recognize that I'm not trying to belittle the pain you've gone through because I know some of you have gone through her horrific things but I also want to say that we serve a God who can change everything by his word just speaking it it'll change he commanded the heavens to be a reality and they were he made man the dirtling out of the dust of the earth, and it was. He made the woman out of Adam's rib, and she was, and it was very good. And then everything went the other way. It went south, so to speak, because of sin. But God didn't leave us in that place. He provided a way to get through this life of struggle and pain and suffering and that way is none other than Jesus Christ. 
God's one and only Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son, that whoever believes in Him, on Him, about Him, that they will receive everlasting life. For He didn't come to judge this, this people, but He came to give us And he'll help you with your pain. He'll help you with your struggles. Heads bowed. If you're here again today and you're struggling, you're saying, Pastor, no man, yeah, it sounds all great and good. I believe that there's just a special touch here today from the Lord. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up? I'm going through some stuff right now. Yep. Other hands. Yep, 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 yep. All over the room. Yep. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't even want to pretend like I understand where you're at what you're going through, any of you. But I do believe this, that God, our, our Heavenly Father, His heart breaks when He sees the pain we're in, the suffering, the struggles. He knows what you're going through. Jesus took it all upon Himself on the cross. It buried Him. He knows. And therefore, He can have empathy with your struggles. He can show compassion to you like no other. And I want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for every hand that went up here today. Lord, that you would just do your healing. That balm of Gilead, Lord, apply it to their hearts, to the hurts. Lord, show them your faithfulness. Brother Bill shared that during the offering. You are a faithful God, always enduring, never unfaithful. Lord, just show up in a big way. Minister that healing touch to each one. Just lift your hands up if that was you. Just receive from him today in the name of Jesus. Let him begin to move on you and fill you. And, and take time this week just to spend some time in your quiet space. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you there. He wants to do so much more that, that there's just not time here today to do that. But He wants to do so much more in you if you'll just give Him that time and that space in your life. He will love on you like you've never been loved on before. Just take some time with Him this week and let Him in. Let Him have you. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here before we close that needs Jesus? You just know in your heart that you are not, if your heart were to stop beating right now, you would not go to be with the Lord, but you would be separated from Him forever because you have not put your trust in Jesus. I want to pray with you if you just lift your hand up. Anybody? Anybody? Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to pray this with me. If you're watching online today, I want you to make Jesus your Lord. And listen, your pain isn't going to go away. But what will happen is that your life, your name, is going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You will be given eternal life. And your future from this point forward will be good. You'll know where you're going. And Jesus said, I didn't come just to give you life. I came to give you life in abundance. 
So if you're online, pray this with me, us, here. Heavenly Father, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my many sins, those known and unknown. Today, I humble myself, recognizing I am a fallen creature. I'm broken. And I need help with my pain, with the dumb things I've done. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me clean of all my unrighteousness and make me a new person today. Put your hand on your head. Father, transform my mind my heart, and all my being. Help me to look like you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, I love you guys. I I don't know what's going to happen next week. I, I mean, I have a message and I assume we'll go with it, but it's going to help. Here's the thing, before I close. I'm not just doing this for you. I'm doing this so that you can help others. Right? I mean, as much as we're in this for ourselves, and listen, we'd, we'd be a liar if none of us, if we all said, no, I'm not in this for myself. Whatever. That's what gets you here, right? But what God's putting in us, especially with these kinds of topics, is so we can go out there and help people that are hurting, help people that are broken, help people that are thinking, I don't know why I'm here, I don't know why I want to be here tomorrow, and they're thinking horrible thoughts. And we can help them. We can bring life into a death situation. We can bring light where it was dark. We can bring hope where there was no hope. And that's what God wants to do with you and me. That's what it means to be a disciple. Father, again, I thank you for everything you're doing in the people of the hope, in our brothers and sisters around this community, Lord. Bless our, our, our fellowship. Bless our friends, our neighbors, Lord. Wherever we're planted, I pray that there would be fruit. We read that today in Psalm, in the Psalm. Lord, I pray that every person within the hearing of my voice, they would bear good fruit wherever that you've planted them. And that we would allow you, Lord, to help us to look like you, and in turn, others would see you in us, and it would draw them to the cross. Lord, again, keep us safe in our coming and our going this week. We love you, and we commit the people of our church, those online, into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week.